This is an RNZ podcast. You know your country is tiny when you can't have sex without the prime minister finding out about it. Someone had sex in the hospital. Oh, no, was it David from Wellington? Because that sounds like David. The PM collected her thoughts and gave a very sensible response. That was Stephen Colbert on The Late Show in the US last week with a gag that millions of Americans saw on the TV network CBS and it was widely reported as news here as well. But it turned out this week that you can't slip out of Auckland to your holiday home in the Southern Lakes either without the whole country finding out, including the Prime Minister. Aucklanders would take a very dim view of other Aucklanders who aren't doing their bit because they have for a long time and very diligently. More on that particular controversy in a minute. But both those breaches were in the news for the same obvious reason, the risk of spreading the Delta variant of COVID-19. And it was the reason that Australian epidemiologist Mary Louise McClaws told Simon Dallow this on TBNZ One News last Sunday. How concerned should we be? Look, I think you should be concerned, Simon, because Auckland is quite a large city And people may hear the term stay local, but in fact, they could be moving across, um, you know, 40, 50 kilometres of Auckland. They need to be told, stay within your postcode. You don't want postcode creep. And once Delta gets into different postcodes, it will spread very rapidly if people don't stick to the rules. Now, people all around the country could be forgiven for not knowing off by heart the boundaries of their own postcode, let alone anyone else's, but a trip to Wanaka is clearly creeping beyond for anyone from Auckland. TVNZ's Simon Dallow wound up last weekend with this question for Professor McLaws. Very quickly, what lessons do you think we can learn from Australia's experience and what would you recommend to our government? Oh, don't be like Australia. And that's because there's been a lot less compliance with the science over there, she said, leading to cases getting out of hand in some states. But later, on TVNZ One News that night, Katie Bradford said that not everyone was following the rules here either. And over 600 people have been charged with offences since Alert Level 4 began. Now, Cabinet is, of course, making that last-minute decision tomorrow afternoon. All eyes on whether Auckland will be able to return, go down a level and what that means for the rest of the country. But it's incidents like this that put the rest of country at risk. Well, as we now know, and most people had in fact already concluded, a drop down from Level 4 was not going to happen for Auckland last Monday. But more than 600 people facing charges for breaching the Level 4 rules seemed a bit high. Last week, fresh police figures showed just 204 people had been charged for 219 offences nationwide since Alert Level 4 came into place. The police did say 529 people were warned for 532 different offences, but most of those weren't actually charged with anything. However, just two of those people in particular got more media attention than the others put together, as TVNZ's Katie Bradford went on to report. Well, in a move that's probably going to anger a lot of people and that police describe as calculating and deliberate. A young couple from Auckland who had essential worker status went to the border, got permission, crossed over, drove to Hamilton and then flew to their holiday home in Wanaka. Now, police discovered this and have charged them under the health order that's currently in place. Now, it later emerged that couple hadn't been formally charged with an offence at that point, but public condemnation was strong nonetheless. On Monday morning, for example, TBNZ's breakfast host Matty McLean wasn't exactly reading what was on the auto queue when he said this. An Auckland couple were caught flouting alert level 4 restrictions to fly to their holiday home in Wanaka. I've just got John's voice in my head. Yeah. Yes. 
dick. And the couple were called a lot worse this past week by an awful lot of New Zealanders. Later on, Queenstown's Mayor Jim Bolt told NewsHub he was filthy about this breach, and soon after his Deputy Mayor Callum McLeod was asked what he knew about the couple on the panel on RNZ National. Uh, they seem to have some sort of horse feed connection, which is what got them out of Auckland into Hamilton. And then somebody that they know, I mean, phoned them up and said, oh, the skiing's great down here, you should come down. The horse feed connection was a big clue there for those who knew some of the rumours and were trying to confirm their names. But by this stage, a QC had been engaged who applied for name suppression for the couple, an apparent described as a high-ranking public official. The couple had already been named and shamed big time for letting down the team of five million on social media. An angst about compliance dominated the panel on RNZ National on Monday. Former TBNZ political editor Mark Sainsbury had issues with the way the media handled the story. But these two, tell me the most interesting thing about these two. I didn't see the word that they were Samoan or Tongan or their race described when they were, um, you know, peculiar way, isn't we? As I'm talking about the media here as well, in terms of how we're sort of treating absconders. And Mark Sainsbury wasn't the only one making that point. The ethnicity and background of people caught up in clusters in Auckland earlier or deemed not to have followed the rules in earlier previous outbreaks certainly was highlighted in media reports, even in the case of the Assembly of God of Samoa Church in Mangari, when no one had broken any rules at all. In those cases, the risk of transmission and creation of new clusters was a big issue, and that turned out not to be a big risk in Wanaka this week. But the couple going legal to keep their names out of the headlines wound up the news media even more, including Mark Sainsbury. And listen, I'm sorry, asking for name suppression, you do something stupid. People do stupid things all the time, they don't get name suppression. I'd be really surprised if there was any justification for that. An hour later on Checkpoint, it was pretty obvious RNZ knew who the couple were. Queenstown-based reporter Tess Brunton even knew where they lived, at least when they're on holiday in Wanaka. So Tess, do we know where the couple are right now? Well, nobody was home when we knocked, and apart from two dogs, but when we spoke to some of the neighbours, they described the actions as selfish, but also with one neighbour saying that they also understand that other people are breaching the rules as well. Might be worth knowing a little more about those other cases. And Checkpoint host Lisa Owen even had the man's phone number. The man in question, who has not yet been charged, hung up when Checkpoint called him earlier for an interview. And as the pylons piled up, so did anger about the suppression, even though it's an important element of our justice system and fair trials. But one lawyer, Stephen Franks, writing on behalf of the Free Speech Union, said we need to see the law being enforced with details that will deter others. Freedom of speech is our right to know, he said, and not just journalists' right to tell us, though the two obviously overlap. But he added that true remorse or contrition would have the people charged, not trying to hide behind an application that is a byword for privilege. But remorse is not a legal requirement, and we also have the right not to be contrite. The following day, the news media were watching the clock in the 6pm news hour because the interim name suppression on the Wanaka couple was due to lapse at 7 or become permanent after a new application. But instead, this happened at about 20 minutes to 7. Well, to some breaking news now. The Auckland couple who travelled to Wanaka in breach of lockdown have just released a statement apologising to New Zealand. And at 7pm, News Hub's Giles Dexter, live outside the Auckland High Court, did the big reveal on TV3's The Project. 
we can bring you their identities. They are show jumper William Willis and lawyer Hannah Rawnsley. Now, they are alleged to have used their essential worker status to take that holiday in Wanaka before they were dobbed in. And having made a big deal of the big reveal, it was all furrowed brows and deep concern on the project, especially for co-host Jeremy Corbett, who's normally the funny man. Like, seriously, think about mental health and all these things. Are we paying lip service? Like, these, it's going to hurt these people. Yeah. Team, I mean, fair enough, the team of five million, the captain, for her to maybe say something when you make a mistake. <laughs> but 499,999 other people lining up to give it a go as well? Yeah. No thanks. And that concern came after people claiming to be the couple's friends spoke up for them on talk radio. The online abuse they were getting was causing them real distress, they said, and was actually one reason that they'd sought name suppression in the first place. Now after that, news websites broke out their breaking news banners on Tuesday to reveal the names, which most people who really wanted to know them already knew if they were online, as News Hub's Giles Dexter pointed out. All you had to do was type in Wanaka into Google, Facebook and Twitter, and their names would come up. And the Herald even had a satirical piece by Steve Braunius ready to roll online, headlined, In Defence of the Wanaka Lockdown Breaches. Though it wasn't really a defence, merely more mockery, but tellingly he quoted this from Bill Pearson's classic 1953 essay about the New Zealand character, Fretful Sleepers. There is no emotion we feel so at home in as moral indignation. There is nothing that unites us so much as having someone else to condemn. And schadenfreude was the main flavour of the day for Seven Sharp's Hilary Barry on Tuesday, after TVNZ had extended One News to reveal the names of Willis and Rawnsley and air their unreserved apology. Oh yes, but I think for a moment I will reflect on that heartfelt apology. Thank you for that. Um, and perhaps we should give a knighthood to the person who dobbed you in. And when News Talk ZB's Heather Duplessis Allen hooked into the story, she wanted to know who that was from a local boutique owner. Do you know who dobbed them in? No, I don't. I mean, as you can appreciate, Heather, there's a lot of Wanaka whispers going round, but I'd rather deal with fact rather than um, just um, possibly wondering. Though, judging by Heather Duplessis Allen's reaction to a text message from a listener soon after, it wouldn't have been a big deal even if the pair had had COVID. Uh, someone says two or three rule breakers is not important now. I thought Delta is super contagious. So three rule breakers times six equals 18 infected people in the community. Good point. Now, that's not a good point, and as Heather Duplessis-Allen must know, that formula for spreading COVID is just nonsense. Though she went on to say COVID itself is nothing much to worry about, a conclusion she reached after a chat with a mate in Sydney. I was like, you know, the death rate's quite low, eh? And she was like, oh, is it? So look over at New South Wales. We're, freak- we're, we're sitting here in New Zealand going, oh, my gosh, New South Wales. New South Wales, they're going, oh, my gosh, it's a lovely day. Let's go to the beach. And off they go. So if they're not that freaked out because they've got their jabs, don't worry about it. Don't be as freaked out. Let's get on with it. Which is just got to be a bit more rational, eh? Less fearful, more rational. News Talk ZB. could break my heart. But checking the day's news from Sydney, rather than just the vibe from one of Heather's mates, showed that freedom to go to the beach depends on not living in a COVID hotspot, or LGA. Uh, Five household uh, people can, from the same household, can enjoy a picnic for a couple of hours. Outside the the LGAs, of course, five adults from uh, fully vaccinated from the same LGA or five kilometres from their homes. That was Australia's Channel 7 News that same day, and on Wednesday, the Mayor of Fairfield in Western Sydney was telling Channel 9 News in Australia this. 
I mean, I told the Premier yesterday about a case that whilst the police are checking for people's IDs on the, Sydney, on, on the beaches over the weekend to make sure that they keep people out, here in Western Sydney we had a couple that got fined, an elderly couple that just went to the supermarkets to buy their groceries, to help each other out with their groceries. Something needs to be changed. These, this divide needs to be taken down. This wall needs to be taken down. Not quite as free and easy across the ditch as Heather Duplessy-Allen would have her listeners believe.